Yo, LTBR podcast on a Saturday afternoon, quarantined mm. up in the crib, Corona City, baby. What's up, friends? I'm here setting up my quarantine. I got my <laughs> gas mask on. <laughs> I got my gloves. Yo, this is a unprecedented situation, man. World's going crazy. Everyone's going into hiding. Not URL. They said, nah. "App gang, adoption. Get your ass down here." Get Smack and BZ put out, put their face mask on, and it was like, "We gotta get the the objective complete, Shun. You know what I'm saying, Shun? <laughs> They're like, "Where our face mask? Yo, we only got two, Shun. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing stopped them from making their battlers travel. I mean, every everybody else to stop traveling. You know, like your band travel for the next thirty days. All these other events are canceled, but these guys. These guys ready to risk it all for battle rap. Yo, is this dedication or is this this is just dumb? Yo, it could be Armageddon going outside. They're gonna try to complete the objection, kid. Fire and brimstone is raining in from the sky. They're like, yo, get your ass here. We we still recording. Battlers, if there was ever a time in your life where you were not prepared and you needed the perfect excuse to back oh, out. Oh man, word. You don't gotta lie and say your third cousin died or your auntie got like stage three. You know, whatever. Like you could just say, "Yo, I can't, man. The Rona, I can't risk it." You can get away with it. No, you absolutely could get away with it. It's a valid thing. You know, I was having a conversation actually. Mm-hmm. As you know, Vlad, airfare right now is reaching a low because, uh, tr- yeah, because of the risk of traveling. And obviously, people think to themselves like, "All the travel is was kind of like spreading the disease." Mm-hmm. You're not in New York at the current moment, but you know how New York City is. Oh yeah, this this city don't sleep. People grind, you know, twenty four six. Sometimes in the city, some establishments refuse to stop making money. Uh-huh. So there's there's people in the city that have no choice but to go to work, or they risk getting evicted. You know, they they risk not paying bills on time. And these companies, they don't care, bruh. You know, I call Optimum, you know, our uh-huh. cable provider and our internet provider, because because I, I I'm out of work until May first. Unfortunately, yeah. and I'm like, you know what, you know, let me see if I can push these bills back a little bit. You know, let me see if I get a little extension and all that, just so I don't gotta worry about nothing. Cause I'm about to go almost two months without going back to the office. And they're like, Nah, Shun, you owe this amount and it's due this day, Shun. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you guys know it's a pandemic outside, right? Like, in- income is not rolling right now. And they're like, they don't give a damn, man. They, they don't give a rip. Listen, man, it's crazy because out here in Cleveland, yo, went to the supermarket. It's just a regular day. Nothing's going on that's crazy out here. Like, there's still everything is still on the shelves. They were restocking stuff in the frozen section. I'm like, either we don't care or we don't think it's going to happen out here or I don't know. But Trader Joe's was mad regular. So shout out to the people in Cleveland for just saying, man, whatever. So they fly over this state all the time anyway. So it ain't stopping nothing for us. Here's what I was thinking, like, all right, 
traveling right now, people probably will want to avoid being in situations with crowded, congested areas. Yeah. But is an airport at this current moment maybe less risk than public transportation? It's way less crowded than it normally would be. I would think so because on a TSA line, there's a fair amount of distance if, you know, things go according to this plan. And now they're probably even more precautious than anything. So they're getting everybody with a, a fair amount of social distancing between TSA. They're probably taking their diligent time. They're allowing people to travel with hand sanitizer liquid right now. Um, flights are probably not as packed. And you have all this room to move as opposed to a train or a bus that's going to be packed with people that have no choice but to go to work. Yep, and in New York City, it's the thing with New York is that everyone is stacked on top of each other. So you're almost forced to be right next to people all the time, whether it's in your building, on a train, on the bus. Like, you can't get away from folks in New York. So I can't imagine the city being quarantined or, man, they're going to have to put martial law in order to have everyone stick in the house. It's not happening in the city. Yeah, um, King of the Dot just announced that Blackout will be postponed. URL's California event, Only the Strong, has been postponed. Their app event, their private app event, which normally consists of just the entourage of the artists, the artists, and maybe some local fans in the area and staff, that's still going down. I believe, reported to me from one of the artists, Shotgun Suge, O-Red, Jerry West, and New Jersey Twerk may not be making it. Mm Mm-hmm. And at least three of those four names I know are in the East Coast, so they're probably flying out of Newark or LaGuardia, which would make sense. Maybe they're just avoiding traveling at this current time, which obviously you got to put yourself at first. Absolutely. Uh, um, a couple of other guys can kind of drive down there from the South, like, you know, people like Swamp, Loso. Um, they can just drive on down there. Yeah, it's only uh, a hop, skip, and a jump for Loso. It's up the block. Yeah, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if more guys backed out than, than than not. I think this is the perfect opportunity for URL to take advantage of their standoff series they just created where you where you minimize the amount of people present, where it's like you don't have to focus on having the host, smack, staff, all your equipment guys, security, fans, uh, entourage, all the artists bunched up. You just have one battler, second battler, cameraman, and those three people right there just do what they got to do. Yeah, that'd be a way to, to continue to launch that series. Because then you could do it with some top-notch names and still get it out there. Makes the, the most first, sense to me. Yeah, because the first one was QP and Emerson Kennedy. And uh, that came out of nowhere. But now you got some viable names out there that you can put out there and launch this series and get it cracking. And it's still technically an app event only, you know? I mean, I feel like Standoff is an app series in itself as well. Like, I'm not envisioning Standoff to be an actual event, nor am I envisioning it to drop on YouTube. Everything's going to go to the app first before it goes to the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. If they were smart, maybe they'd take all the battlers that are supposed to be there this weekend, one-on-one. Like, right, everybody, you stay in this room till it's your time. We're going to take these two guys only. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but then again, would would battlers be writing differently if they knew that it was a Standoff series? Like, would you get into a different bag? Would you try to be more lyrical? Would you, you know what I'm saying? Like, some people write differently when it's big stages, small rooms, and now you got the standoff thing where people might want to show off their lyrical prowess more than if it was a a volume series or an app series. Well, at that moment, you know for a fact this battle is going to be for the playback. There's not going to be anybody there at the moment to really um, persuade 
or Jade the momentum in the room. Right. So that's that's one thing I really like. And more importantly, like if you plan your material out with pauses because of your haymakers, like that's that's gonna uh, get exposed. You know. So yeah, I mean, yo, like, listen, if you sw- if you made a last minute switch to standoff, it would be very interesting to see how the content was prepared to how it would look. How it was delivered, yeah. But but of course, uh, uh, essentially, fundamentally, a battler would write for standoff differently than they would for a small room. Yo, let me ask you something. Do you think? These standoff battles are all one take, or do you think things either get edited or people get second takes at them? I mean, if it's just you guys alone, hmm. who's who's to say, right? I mean, well, like, hmm. if a tree falls and nobody's in the woods, <laughs> does it make noise? <laughs> I guess not, right? You know what I'm saying? I think there's this theory, right? Um, I can't remember the name of it. I'll probably have to put it in the podcast post-production. Uh-huh. But there's this theory, right, where it's like, if you want to take a cookie off a plate, right, would you rather take a cookie off a, tr- a plate that has 10 cookies or a plate that has 100 cookies? 100 cookies? Obviously, because that way it's less visible right. for no, people to see that you, less visible for people to see that you took something. So in that kind of situation, it's like, all right, well, it's way less visible for anybody to see any errors. There's nobody really here holding us accountable other than us being competitive. Why not optimize ourselves to get the best content we can? I mean, QP in itself in that Emerson Kennedy battle had little slight pauses. I'm not going to say stumbles, but he had slight pauses, and he's at a point of his career. He's had so many battles. He writes in such a short amount of time and tries to memorize it that he always kind of has a little slur, right. stumble, uh-huh. choke, pause. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a little bit of trouble getting through one round. And they're like, yo, just run it back. Just run it back. Hmm. Let's, let's, let's get the best content. He, I mean, obviously, you and I, if we de- if we think, if we deep if we uh, if we dig too deep into it, we're gonna be like, uh, "This is engineered." <laughs> do I really like this? But in reality, yeah, I do like this. This shit was fire. Now, I'm, now I'm not saying that this did happen, but you know, when you're looking at it, you're like, "Wait a minute, oh, I don't know." But does that take away from from the purity of the art form, though? If this, if that was to happen, it is just all speculation. It's a Saturday. Corona got us cooped up in the house, so now we're going into the conspiracy deep dive bag into the rabbit hole. So, you know, just just for disclaimer, we're not saying that this is happening, but I'm just saying if this was to happen, Let's how would honest. you guys feel about it? And does it Let's take away from There's the no from way the, to prove the art form? it? Obviously, it would just be complete speculation, right? But if you're not trying to control some of your content in in a way where you're engineering some of it to be the best it could possibly be, then then what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, I absolutely believe that it, in any kind of industry where you have to take risk every single time to create a product and make money off of it, you're going to do everything in your power to get the most competitive advantage. You know what I mean? Like, if you place a sports bet and you get one line, you get a plus seven, then some news come out later in the afternoon, and that plus seven turns to plus thirteen, and you're like, you know what? Let's take the plus thirteen too. You're just taking advantage of the market and trying to be as com- competitive as you can while you're still taking a risk. Doesn't mean it'll come out good. Doesn't mean you'll win. Still, it's still no guarantee. Still no gimme. 
Yeah, because I know there's been there's definitely been a lot of um, freestyles, like even on Funk Flex and uh, Cyphers that have happened that's definitely been, all right, run this one back, or all right, we'll chop this one. Oh, we'll put together the best takes and make the best freestyles possible. So, you know, I was just wondering what the people feel about it and, uh, you know, how they're judging these battles when it comes Look, I to think it, I think we're far removed at this also. point from the era of competitive battles where it's win-loss, win-loss, right? Like, you don't put two guys in a standoff series across the room from each other on a balcony or whatever, right, by themselves, isolated, and say, he killed this guy. He bodied them. Like, can you really, can you really body somebody if it's just you two in a room? <laughs> you got to be ass to get bodied, like, completely. And it's just two I, people I would in think a that is highly unlikely. And at some point in time, like, in battle rap, you have to realize, like, there's winning and losing, and it's creating entertaining content because this is still a collaboration at the end of the day. So, like, you know, when I when, when you when we go back and forth with fans, we put out stats or talk about certain battlers, and they say, oh, this person lost, this person did this, this person did that, this person choked. You know, it, it's easy to nitpick things if you want to talk about, I don't know, a win record, a winning percentage, efficiency, and I get all that. But entertainment is going to rule out all those factors because there's no regulation. There's no official standings in this culture. So, Tork can choke mm-hmm. <laughs> a round if he's fire one round. And the next round, he has some uh, some weird-ass <laughs> highlight. People are going to live with it. And, and, I mean, you have so many people to blame for that. And right. it stems back from Lux. So... I mean, it's just oh, where we're at at this point in time. I, like, I love the uh, the Strong Oli series that URL is trying to do. Oli of the Strongs. I like that because it was supposed strong, to be judged. Yeah, it's supposed to create records. It's supposed to be regulated. You know, it's supposed to kind of create this mantra and some structure in battle rap. Because th- there's times where, like, I want to see things at stake. I love title matches. I love tournaments for up-and-coming guys. I love every once in a while the judge match. Like, I will live... I will live with somebody's bad judgment and create that as the controversy and discussion as to having a thousand battles that are all promo that can easily be debated. Yeah, it brings an extra level of competition to it because you know if there's going to be an official L next to your name, you might take things just a little bit more seriously. And then even if they have you losing, if you did the damn thing, there's still going to be people arguing on your side no matter what. Now, it might look nasty if you end up being, you know, four and six at the end of the year, but you still had, but eight of those battles were really fire. And another two were like, all right, that was cool. It's still it's still yeah. difficult to explain the four and six, but I personally still argue do well, it, it probably was more for you if you were paused, you were jerked. And and you got bad decisions, you know. I have to pause for you because you you're the you're the pause guy. No, no. I'm good. Listen, man. I, All right. I'm well, cool, if you were man, jerked cool out of today, a decision you know and it was completely left, you you become the people's champ. Yeah. And yeah, people people get angry at the judging, but then they focus back on the content. And they give the artists props. I will argue Cortez's biggest career win wasn't a win. Yeah, but then if you if you're just a, a everyday fan who's not super in tune and watching every single one of these last battles, and you look up and you see a guy's record is four and six, then his next battle comes up. You may not even want to watch that that next battle. 
You'll be like, yo, this dude I is mean, 4 and 6. You always say it, right, Vlad? It goes deeper than the box scores. You got to you gotta use that. Yeah, it's the eyeball test. But listen, but if I see 4 and 6, I might not want to use my eyeballs to watch your next battle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fortunately, I'm a degenerate, and I pretty much watch, like, anything mainstream that's moving or on the B circuit that's moving, I'm definitely checking it out, you know? But, um, but yeah, if you got people who only watch certain circuits and they see four and six, they don't, uh, uh, I don't know about this. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you create such – look, one thing is when you leave the battle for promo, you leave it up to debate. And, unfortunately, the debate becomes very huge where it's like, I look at the look at the styles. I prefer a puncher. I prefer a storyteller. I prefer an angler. I prefer I prefer slick talk. So you know you create an endless debate of preference that you just you like push your T, cool. I, I like I like common. You like the game, cool. I, I like Kendrick Lamar. You like J Cole, cool. You know what I'm saying I like the baby. Right. Can we compare any of these artists in any right. way? But you yeah no. But you know where I, I do think where it will. It will help create a strong cult culture if you have people who are watching like a only the strong series from the beginning, like that group who's watching from the first event to the second event to the third to the fourth to the fifth, like they'll be so in tune that they'll be able to control that. And it'll be a world within itself. So I do think it'll become advantageous to that. I think to the everyday mainstream eye, it might be a little bit like, oh, I don't know about that guy or that guy, but. If you're watching this series like like a hardcore fan, I think it it could definitely take on a world of its own and, and be something that, that could be really dope. You know, look, man, people are afraid of it. Um, I I hate the fact that we are afraid of it because it's like, in essence, this culture was dead ass built off judging. And I mean, two decades ago, when you were judging off TV performances, you were making judges off of. Uh, 106 in Park, Fight Club, uh, what else? World Rap Champions, WRCs, your Scribble Jams, uh, all these platforms that lived off of a decision. I will say one thing: it always felt mm. like the decision was premeditated, and it always felt like no matter what happened, right. you weren't gonna walk away with a win. So I can see where some people are concerned about the politics. But at this point in time, I I feel like it's way less political than like now you just you're just more worried about bad judgment in politics. Like back then, things were really unfair. The social media that if someone just clearly gets robbed, the people are going to talk and you're going to look crazy. Like if it's premeditated like that, people are going to talk and you're going to look crazy. You know, I also think that I also think no one's even tried a professional route of judging like you grab judges this the day of the event after they're intoxicated right. <laughs> after they've after they after they've watched tons of battles you pick battlers that are on you pick battlers that are on the same event or that have cross affiliations with the people that are battling like you've never set aside except um i think it was pearly gates two where it was all judged like you never set aside an actual panel that came in there with scorecards and actually made decisions yeah and that event was good. I mean, unfortunately, all those battles on cam, everybody disagreed with. But that's okay. Debates live on. Right, right. Yeah, no, it definitely, it, there's definitely a, a space missing in battle rap with decisions, with judge battles. So we definitely need to bring that back to bring back some of the hype. So as long as they, as long as they can sit the judges down and say, yo, listen, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is the criteria. Uh, here's a here's a group of battles. 
that I want you to watch and give me your, your, your reasoning for these for the year decisions for these battles. And as long as their reasoning makes sense and it's like logical and you can follow it and you have a certain set of judges that you already picked out from before, then I always think as a battle rapper up and coming like this, there's two kind of ways you want to create your career going up, right? Obviously, first you got to create an identity for yourself, but you're saying, do I want to be that person that has dominant performances and is winning or somebody that's creating entertainment and replay value but may have close matches with my opponents? Like, right. this, it's almost like two different routes, and I feel like there's no right or wrong answer because you you reach certain peaks and stages of your career where it's like, this needs to be a win or this needs to be a debatable or this needs to just be a classic. But... Like, once you get established and once you get familiar with the people, they just want to see you compete, right? So, like, Jerry West, for example, who's getting to push drugs right now, who's getting, who's getting you know, a leap in competition, even A-Ward. All you want to see yeah. is if they can hang. Can drugs hang with Arsenal DNA and Chef Trez? Can A-Ward hang with Sharon, Mad Flex, and, and Ilmac? Can, can Jerry West hang with John John Rum Nitty and, and Shotgun Shug? Can they, can they compete? You know, like they're 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 probably not gonna beat them clearly off experience, but can they compete? But before you get there, you have to get some clear wins. Like you have to have like a moment or a body. Look at Jerry West and Ty. If you take away that that bullets commodity, like ain't no sugar in this shit moment. Does Jerry West even get a call to get on these born legacy plates? Like I don't think in so. your grinding stage, you definitely have to get a few cats out of here and show a clear separation in skill and to prove that you belong. But once you get there, you just you're just in there to have good fights, man. You're just in there to have good fights. But in your early stages, you definitely gotta clearly get some cats out of here and, and show people like, yo, who is that cat that was just rapping? Like, who is son? Like, dude is nice. You know, if you if you in there having tough battles with the bums, like there's no way you're gonna be able to compete with the elite. So you definitely got to show that separation in the early stages. At the very least, I know like there's so many fans that get so bent out of shape. Like, I don't want judging at all. In my head, I'm like, you can't exclude it completely out. You can't make everything 100% promo. And more importantly, I feel like you have to put it in the right position. And you know what? Up and coming guys should have this shit judged. I don't know why. Shout out to the PG process. We just did the whole PG guide. We're probably going to talk about the PG Guide right now in the next segment of our pod. But endlessly, 10 years of just trying to recruit talent and throw names on the flyer. And you have such a low percentage of people that have excelled. It's it's kind of like, it's a little concerning, Vlad. I don't know why people don't just create multiple sublets of tournaments. Like these leagues. Like, if RB made a 1SK tournament, you told me you and I wouldn't cover it? We will cover it. And the person that wins the 1SK tournament gets a spot on the next card. And then if you keep that tournament in rotation, like, throughout the season or throughout the year, then you can start to track data like, oh, this guy won the 1SK tournament 2018, 2019, 2020. You know, if UFF kept, if UFF never stopped in 2014 and kept going 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, we, we, alongside Ill Will and T-Top, we would have six other UFF champions. And let's be honest, winning a tournament as an up-and-coming guy is, is, is what's going to get you the eyeballs because people are going to say, okay, cool. I'll give you a great example, Vlad. March Madness. Don't you pay Don't you pay very close attention to the prospects that are in chatters of, of the NBA draft in March Madness? 
I I don't usually watch college basketball. When I was a kid, I used to be a college basketball fanatic. First it was UNLV, and then those Duke boys crushed my heart. And then I was a Michigan fanatic, and then Duke once again crushed my heart. And then after that, it was Christian Leitner. Christian Leitner, your man Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, all them fools, man. It was crushing my heart, boy. So you're a Duke hater. You're one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I was, man. It was a different era, fans. It was not a, you. It was a, you. Wasn't happy with the Kyrie playing eleven oh, games. But you see, at that point, one. I didn't care. I, no, no. After a while, <laughs> after they crushed my heart that many times, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going strictly pro from here on out. You know, and then I might hear about you through ESPN, but I wasn't following like that. But when March Madness does come around, guess what? If you're home and it's on, you're gonna start catching games, and then you're like, wait a minute, the draft is definitely coming in June. Let me see who these fools are that they're talking about that might go number one, number two, number three, and see, are they nice, you know? Then then you go watch, like, highlights, obviously, right? Then you go, like, watch the YouTube. No, yeah, but but, but, I, but I'll watch March Madness games, for sure. And then, like, once it comes down to the Final Four, I'll check it out, for sure. So if I know once a year, no matter what, I'm going to get a chance to highlight the new up-and-coming guys, it's a great chance to put them on a stage and market those guys, if not for anything. So I think the only the strong series could be a great marketing tool where you're showcasing your new talented prospects and people can keep an eye on them and go, you know what? There's something on the line here. And um, I normally may not watch these guys, but I want to see somebody win for sure and lose for sure. And then see about these guys who they say are the next up and coming guys. So if you get it down to like the final eight, the final four, you really get a chance to put them on display. I feel like battle rap has like, it, they try to adopt so many different systems from the sport, right? And they don't they don't stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Like URL has adopted the UFCs, like everything, <laughs> literally the whole name URL UFC, except right. the wins and losses. Right. <laughs> and the PG right. process have tried to kind of like be this recruitment tool and try to like almost try to be yeah. like a combine in a sense. But in reality, they should treat the the PGs. I like the college process because there's so many different leagues scattered across the country. Like there's so many different schools scattered mm-hmm. across the country. You're narrowing it down between yeah. which leagues have notable names, where certain guys come out of. Can I pay attention to this? Like, you know, I, I, oh, cool, Chef Trash came from Spit That Heat. I'm going to look out for any more times that come out from Spit <clears> That Heat. So the same way you'll be like, oh, this guy came out of Gonzaga. I'm going to look to see what else comes out of Gonzaga. And so on and so well, not only that, it's like you got the Big Ten, the Pac-10, ACC, SEC, you know, the Big East, all of that. That's and how more importantly, the sample sizing of these guys, like a, a college athlete is probably in the school, maybe four years, five max, right? And a college game is two halves, 20 minutes. They're not long. They're not They're, they're not high volume. You, you can't put a guy on Spit That Heater Coliseum having a 40-minute battle and expect him to be a good prospect. And more importantly, March Madness, going back to March Madness, like it's it's a whole tournament, it's a whole bracket, one game elimination. You watching March Madness if it was series eliminations? No. Hell, Hell no, no, you're not. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> and on top of that, yo, we know them them bookies, man. Those phones phones be ringing off the hook during March Madness, at, at, man. At the oh, very crazy. least. Yeah, you know, we're gonna talk the gambling shit. That's a, that's another 
wormhole to open up. But at the very least, if you're doing the gambling thing with prospects, like imagine you threw a tournament with true foes in there and saying this and guy, this and that, and all these guys from different regions want to put money on their their their, their guy. Right, and then yeah. you have all some of the best recruiters and scouts of battle rap and media and eyes and up and coming guys to look at these guys for the tournament. I, I don't understand. Like the, at this point, eliminate the PGs because the PGs has been eliminated. I'm not saying I'm happy about it, but once we mine the data of the PGs, it, it's safe to say that, like, all right, this isn't successful. This isn't sustainable. I think you can rebrand it for marketing purposes. Because if you think of, like, only the strong, another key feature of that is, yes, these guys are putting money on the line. You know, you got the Midwest guys who put together a pot, the West Coast guys put together a pot. And whichever division wins the majority of the battles from that night, those guys get to split the money. So now there's an added, you know, bonus to to that event, which is kind of dope, man. Because you can imagine at the end of the night, you know, you got this uh, this 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 team wins four, this team wins three battles, and then they got the cash in hand. They splitting it up, and like it brings another level of uh, excitement to the battle. So. I think adding that factor to it also definitely raises the stakes and makes it something that you do want to watch. So the money aspect, being involved, teams putting up some bread, like it's a good look. I think the PGs could be rebranded. I know it's on hiatus for now. I don't know. If well, it's now, now we have, we have to we have to highlight we have to highlight in a report that the replacement of the PGs is now a brand new process called the Crucible. That's an eye battle because they have a series called the Crucible. And at first, yeah. everybody was like, oh, well, URL took Lexus series. And, and, and you know, Lexus just laughing yeah, at it. Lexus is like, oh, nah, you know, it is what it is. But I love the fact that URL yeah. contacted Lex like, hey, you have an eye for talent. You have a league. You're a league owner. You're degenerate. You know, what's, you know what to look out for. We want you a part of this. And you've got a great fully functioning We want app. you a part of this. And, you know, they hit him up to kind of be staffed for the Crucible and the recruitment process. And from what I know from the, from the Crucible, speaking to JB very briefly, they're looking to create... Uh-huh. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's tournament style, but it's definitely going to be like small limit, time limit, small content for these guys to not wear them out, not to put any wear and tear on their pen and on their, on their stage performance just yet. And it's going to have a variety of names that's all randomized. So you're getting people with general bars. Like, you don't want to hear two prospects that you don't know angle each other about things that you don't know about or care about. Like, <laughs> why, why do I want to hear Apollo <laughs> talk about Swamp's baby mother? I don't know. Swamp's baby I don't know Apollo. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't yeah. matter to me. Yeah. Now, I'm interested to see uh, what that process is going to be like because, uh, you know, they just threw the name out there. And uh, thank you for shedding some light on how this process is going to go. So now we got something else to look forward to. See how this rollout right, goes. Man, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, let's talk about the PG guy that we have created and all the data we've mined for this. Hey to all of our listeners and supporters, LTBR Degenerates, hardcore battle rap fans, or brand new listeners for the first time ever. We're very excited and proud to announce to you all our brand new developments. The team has came together, strategized, done some brainstorming, and more importantly, some executing. Now, as you know, the platform is officially on Anchor. But more exciting news, we have finally, yes, that is correct, we have finally decided to pursue our Patreon and create content for you guys beyond the realms of what we already distribute. So I would love to tell you guys a little bit about our Patreon plan that's coming up 
this upcoming week should be launching up this Wednesday. That's correct. This Wednesday, March 18th. So we finally got the editorial and battle rap coming back. We're going to be writing articles, columns, analysis, breakdowns. We're going to have Q&A interviews all available. And, you know, we're going to have, of course, unedited, raw episodes. You get to hear all the tweaks and mistakes that me and Vlad make in the studio. You get to hear us very uncensored. Uh, we're going to have a series called Too Mean to Stream. That's right, Too Mean to Stream. All of our closed thoughts that we should not put on the air, that we should not put on social media, you'll get to listen to it. And more importantly, as a supporter of the Patreon, you'll be able to contribute to the content we create. We take all suggestions beyond mailbag. We'll write articles on your behalf. We will obviously create segments and episodes on your behalf. So please stay tuned, guys. We're going to have a real big announcement probably on Tuesday with all the development and details. You'll see flyers on all of our social medias, LTBR, podcast, uh, Twitter, Instagram. And I am so excited for this. Vlad is excited for this. We have sponsors. You know, we're going to get to the bag. And uh, as you guys have been rocking with us as long as you have, you know this is well-deserved. I'm excited. So for the rest of the week, we have uh, this obviously the episode you're listening to now with the PG draft that we're about to transition to. We have a Depth Demon interview and a couple more things in store for you. So stay tuned. Let's get back to the episode. All right, and we're back. So Vlad... Yes, sir. We are back. I, you know, I love battle rap data. I love battle rap stats. Stat man, stat man. Yeah, that's you. Shout out to battle rap stats, and also big shout out to Tim and Dylan. Dylan always, yes, sir. Dylan always composes our data into beautiful artwork. And Tim is just as crazy as I am about all this. That we put this stuff on spreadsheets. We put this stuff on Microsoft Word doc. You know what I mean? Like we we. We get real deep into the the battle rap stats because let's just be honest, man. It's hard to mine Something's some. What's wrong of, with y'all? That's why it's hard to mine some of this data. Like you just have to really go deep into the trenches and trying to find certain things. You know what I mean? Facts. So I, I was looking at it like, all right, I love the NBA draft. Right? I'm not gonna front. It's very difficult to keep up with all the prospects year by year by year by year by year by year. Some will stay in your memory. Some will leave. But you know as well as I do, Vlad, I, I randomly just call you up one day like, Vlad, you remember the 2008 draft? You remember the 2009 draft? <laughs> and, and then we just start like, I just start naming like 10, 15 names in that draft. You're like, it wasn't a bad draft. This is a good Word. draft. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like, you know. Like, who many, how many all-stars came from this draft? Look how many play, defensive players came from this draft. It's not as bad as they said it was. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's my favorite part, to retroactively look back at it always. But, you know, at the end of the day, retroactively looking at things – it's like the next best thing to slice bread, right? It's so easy to say, I should have bought Toilet that. Paper. I should have bought that stock. You know, I, I, <laughs> I had knew that stock was going up. <laughs> I told y'all Amazon was going to go through the roof. You know, so, I so, had told y'all. So well, this isn't necessarily a I told you so kind of thing. This is more of just actually putting it into perspective. So the draft in sports, you get to look back at all these years of athletes to get drafted, the years, their class, who they were where they were prospected, where they landed, where they under the radar, where they overrated, where was a spotlight too bright, did they meet expectations? So in URL, they have their own kind of draft process, proving grounds. And a lot of people get it confused when they talk about PG classes. They don't necessarily know what person falls into what year, what's the category, how you separate this. 
So the PG started in 2011, and we're going to close off this decade with 2019. So I mined an entire decade of all PG data, Vlad. This is amazing. Yo, when you presented this data to me, I was like, what the hell? This is crazy. And to see the list of names that made it through this process, to see the amount of people that went through the PG process, and to think about who actually made it to become stars or relevant battlers, like it was mind boggling, dog. I was sitting there like, this is crazy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, the PG the PG guide is is really remarkable when you put it all on paper. It says a lot about the people that broke out and had successful battle rap careers. It speaks a lot about the work ethic that uh, Norbs did put into recruiting talent going around the country looking for people. Yeah, and even internationally at one point, too. So, yeah, the London so joint. I, I want to first clarify the PG draft, right? So starts from 2011. Yeah, the timeline was going crazy, man, when you put this joint out. And I think this is a great opportunity to really put everything into perspective and have everyone totally understand what the visuals meant. Oh, we have a ton of data. Like, what we put out was just pretty much just a just an appetizer, honestly. Yeah, tip of the iceberg. Really, it really was. Um, because if you're mining all these years and we're saying who are the top five standouts for each year, you know, we're just retroactively looking at things and picking people apart. But let's let's take it from the top, right? So I have let's all these it. have all these years, 2011 to 2019. I want to first say, if you did a PG in a calendar year and the following year you graduated to the main stage, you're a part of that PG class. So if you right. do if you do a PG in 2013 and you end up still in the PG process 2014, 2015, but you don't get on the main stage till 2016, you're you part haven't of graduated. You you're on the 2015 class because that was the last year you did a PG. It's literally like graduation at school. Like, you know, you don't graduate until you you have that class of people you walk the the podium with. You know what I mean? And, and just like the draft, if you you can elect to go to the draft, but if you don't get drafted, are you part of that class? No. Exactly. You know, so that that's how I, I broke it down. So there's a lot of you'll see a lot of repeat names. You'll see a lot of guys that did PGs over the years or came back at a later time and they're part of a certain class. You'll say to yourself, like, wait, they did a PG way in the past. Yeah, but they didn't graduate, so they're still a proven ground artist. They still have to come back and get it done. So that's how the classes are broken up. First of all, before we even get into the names and the years and the areas and how this expanded, because there's there's so much to unpack with this, bro, that I even with this data in front of me, like I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> First, Let's do it. Let's get a crack of like it. I want to run down the the amount of artists that were scheduled for a PG every single year. Now, I want to say I want to highlight this disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. <clears throat> every single artist that we pulled data from. It's documented from flyers and obviously overlooked by Norbs. Obviously, there might be some artists that may have been swapped out, may have no-showed. But if you were booked and you're on a flyer, that means you were scheduled to have a proving ground battle. Whether you attended or not, it's a different story. I can't keep track of that, and I don't even think Norbs himself can keep track of that. So some numbers may be, I don't want to say jaded, but just put a ballpark where any number we're going to throw out there, okay? Let's do it. Keep that open-mindedness. Um, 2011, there was a total of eight artists that did a PG. That's it? 2012, a total of 12 artists did a PG. Okay. 2013, a total of 18 artists did a PG. 
2014, a total of 35 artists did a PG. Oh, just open up the floodgates there. It doubled. This is where it gets crazy. 2015, Uh-oh. a total of 93 artists did a PG. It almost, it almost tripled at that moment. 2016, a total of 96 artists. Okay. 2017, 71 artists. Mm. 2018, 111 artists. Artists. Damn, artists. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like one of old school New Yorkers. Yo, these are my artists. I should say. I should say. I should say MCs. I should say MCs from the get. But 20, 2018, 111 MCs scheduled for a PG. Twenty nineteen, hundred and thirty eight MCs. Damn. So a obviously, rappers. Obviously, all these rappers grouped up is still ballpark. But in total, it comes out to five hundred and eighty two artists. They were scheduled to have a proving ground battle over the last wow. decade. Out of that 582, I want to say personally, it's probably close to like 530. That's just this is me guesstimating. I'm gonna knock mm-hmm. off 50 names here at the very least, right? So maybe 530 people attended a PG over the last decade. Mm-hmm. Now, Vlad, what what really sparks my mind is that the jump. Because 2011 and 2012, you have very notable names, eight. Artists, eight MCs, twelve MCs. Super selective. Very selective. So it's a total of twenty MCs. And out of those twenty MCs, you left with about ten solid names. So at that so moment, you're shooting fifty percent. You're shooting fifty percent from the field. You know, 20, 2013 is probably one of the weakest drafts ever. We'll get into that. Twenty fourteen is the beginning of the UFF. So that's when you really got a lot of interesting stars. But after twenty fourteen yeah. and on, the it don't. I don't want to say it got oversaturated, but that's when URL took it to the road. They went to Vegas. They went to the UK. They went to uh, Ohio. Uh, what are, what are the other, these states? Milwaukee. You know what I mean? They went to all these small markets. And I'm not sure they got anything out of it other than just the opportunity to present the case. What do you think about the explosion? Uh, it, it got crazy when you started to look at the numbers of who actually transitioned from PG to, you know, main stage or URL mainstay, shall I say. Guys who, even if they didn't make the main stage, they were on different cards, various cards, more than two, three, four, five cards. So that to me is when you become successful at it. So if you're looking at the first two years and you're talking about 50% of the guys became guys who stayed around and hung around and became notable voices in the league then after that when you when the people hear the percentages of cats who actually made it through and became mainstays at url i think they're gonna be shocked man so is it that the quality of mcs went down or is it that the 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 selection became a lot more pickier or like the however you decide to put a twist on it you know, you can definitely realize that, yo, it became a lot tougher to make this URL roster than it was before. Like, it's kind of crazy once you hear the numbers. Yeah, the the raw numbers obviously are a little eye-popping, and it makes you realize how much groundwork was done. So with the groundwork, you say to yourself, well, was there was there a concentrated effort on quantity over quality at this point? Which is a fair assessment to say because, you know... In your first couple of years, you kept the pool really small, but you left with a lot of quality names. There's some are still around to this day. Once the floodgates start to open, you're lucky to walk away with two or three stars per draft. Right. And it's like, then, you know, 
for a while, people were like, yo, we keep on seeing the same names. We keep on seeing the same names on these cars. They keep getting recycled. And they're like, well, you got all these PG guys. Why do people keep getting recycled? Are these guys trash? Like, are they not good enough? Or whatever the situation is. But the numbers do show, like, yo, it is difficult to become a star in this day and age in battle rap. So check this out, Vlad. Um, obviously, if you... If comparing URL to the air quote NBA, right? Just for mm-hmm. everybody listening, if you if you get drafted into the NBA, obviously your your number one goal is to what win a championship, make oh, it to yeah. make it to the finals. I Take always say away. I always say the final stages of URL are the gnomes and summer madnesses. Yeah. And I guess recently added now volume series, right? Because volume has become a premier card with thousands of eyes watching it. So anything could, that's pay per view. Yeah, well, know, well definitely... not, not not anything that's pay per view because you have some they have some outskirt events too that pay per view, but you know, but but those are those are those are the premier events, right? Right, right. Those are the premier events. So to make it to a normal summer madness from the PG is a very scale, very scale like accomplishment. Only twenty three MCs in the in the decade of proving ground process have made it to a gnome. Summer Madness or Smack Volume. Damn, now, that's twenty three out of roughly five hundred and thirty. Yeah, so that's probably like close to four percent. And if you take out Smack Volume, if you want to say, well, just almost Summer Madness because those are the two staple cards, right? Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'll take that. You lower the you lower the list from twenty three to eighteen. So only eighteen MCs from the PGs have made it to a Noma Summer Madness. Wow, that's nuts. It's kind of staggering. That's nuts, man. You have got to be an incredible rapper to make it from the PGs to to Gnome or Summer Madness. It's shocking at the numbers, man. So to, to lighten it up a little bit, I guess, right? This is where you can kind of lighten it up. So Gnome and Summer Madness are what we call the main stage. Probably over a thousand in attendance, staple events to the, to the brand, to the league. But obviously, there's a lot of significant events as well. You have like your Genesis's, your resolutions, your, your traffics bo- on the West Coast, your, your traffics, your your impact cards, your two on twos, right? Your Born Legacy Supremes that are pay per view events. So you have a handful of events that are like, okay, this is a little bit above the mid level, but it's a step right below the the main level. So it's like a subplot or subcategory of a main stage, which is fair. You know, you can have people that reach that and that is a successful point to reach. Like reaching a traffic card is a point of success. Even if you don't touch Storm of Summer Madness, traffic is something to pat yourself on the back for. So if you're going to open up the West Coast equivalent, right? So if you're going to open up the floodgates to all of all level main stage events, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to list them out for you actually. So that way we don't, we don't get this confused. We have Summer Madness, Gnome, Volume Series, Traffic, Born Legacy Supreme, uh, Rookies versus Vets, because technically shit, you know. Yeah. As a staple. And any impact cards, when I say impact, I mean double impact, summer impact, because summer impact, right. they're, they're essentially the same theme. The numbers kind of jump up a little bit more. You have 35 MCs from the PGs that touch any level main stage. Mm. Which is probably roughly about 6% of your total recruitment process. So that's a little bit more like okay, well, we've we've given the chance to a lot of other guys. So think about this. Gnome Summer Madness eighteen, 
all level main stage is 35. That's about, you cut it in half. It's about half the guys you put on the main stage to see if they can make it to that next leap. Only half of those guys can convert. At that moment, it becomes a whole variety of things to talk about. Is it skill? Is it fan base? Is it brand? Is it ceiling? Is it politics? Like, what goes on behind? Probably all, probably all of the, probably all of the above. What, what, what do you? What's your take? My take is that it's it's really tough to make it to that upper echelon of battle rap where you are one of those main stage guys. Just like in in basketball, it's like basketball. There's only a certain amount of guys who are going to make it out of the draft and become all NBA premier players. You've got a lot of players who are good players make great highlights, who are local stars or whatever. But at the end of the year, when you've got those five guys on the East and five guys on the West who are first-team All-NBA, and you look at the amount of guys who've been drafted over the course of the last 11 years or nine years, whatever, in basketball, I think the numbers, they might be on par to this. So it goes to show you, like, it's super tough, you know, because – that's the only way that I can make the equivalence, really, because, you know, you got a lot of guys who don't even get drafted who might end up going to NBA Finals based off circumstance, being on the right team at the right time on the right year. So you can't really count that as the stages. So to me, it's really basing it on who's first team All-NBA, who's second team All-NBA, or who's uh, All-Pro in football based upon the number of guys who get drafted in football out of all of those years. And you'll realize that no matter what, it is mad hard to make it to the upper echelon of no matter what field you're in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you when you magnify the prospects that, you know, something like the NBA would do, right? Mm-hmm. 60 guys are being drafted out of, what, Vlad, tens of thousands of players in college? Hell yeah, yeah. And in URL, 500 guys have probably made it out of, shit, there's over 17,000 battles in the world. I would like to at, right. l- at least think that maybe ten, nine to 10,000 of them are in the U.S. Yep. <clears throat> so, one thing's for sure, having moderate success on URL is nothing to scoff at. And it's it's unfortunate because, like, obviously, battle rap is still a niche, a niche culture. It's still a sublet of hip-hop. So... The guys that touch the band legacies, the born legacies, the Survivor Series, in essence, they're successful because they were what you want to air quote call the role players of the league. But role right. players have a role players have a, a, a part in all this too, don't they? I'm sorry, you don't, don't listen. No, go ahead. You, you don't win a championship with with ten all stars on your team. <laughs> it you, definitely you, doesn't happen. You win with two and eight glue guys. <laughs> and listen, man. Role players, some of y'all still making millions of dollars in the NBA. When you go to the club and the strip club, you're throwing more money than the regular guys next to you. You're still six foot seven. You're still getting all of the uh, all of the treasures that the, all the other guys get when you guys go out. So you're still living a good life compared to a regular ass citizen when you're thinking about it. So you gotta enjoy it, and everything has to be into perspective, man. Yeah, I mean, like. I haven't narrowed this part down. Obviously, we have 35 MCs that made a main stage. 18 have touched the final stage. So, like, 18 has made an appearance on the right, premiere. Right, Summer Madness. Summer, Summer, Summer Madness. So, I'll have to eventually narrow down. 
out of those guys who are superstars, right? Like who are guys that have headline cards? And I'm sure that's mm. gonna that's gonna be a very interesting, staggering number. Because obviously, look, this is just one part of the PG guy. The PG guy is going to go on for a very long time. It's ongoing. I would love to talk to a lot of the guys that are in the process. They've had moderate success. That they had trial and error. They've made it very far. You know. And, and, and I, yeah, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's a, it's a tough thing, man. Because I think back to I'm gonna go way way back on your friends. Remember UCLA when they was on fire? They had the O'Bannon brothers. Ed mm. O'Bannon. He was like one of the first guys. He tried to sue um, EA Sports to get his likeness and to get his get his bread from them back in the days. And they were like, yo, this guy was crazy. He was going ham back in the days in college. Dude made it to the NBA, was there for a couple years, and then never heard from him again. And there's so many guys out there who are like that. It's like during the come up process you're like oh my gosh this guy's gonna be the next this the next that and then they get placed next to the real super talented players and then for whatever reason whether it's coaching or whether it's their uh discipline or their ability to transition or maybe the game is just too fast for them at that level you really start to see like yo it's a whole other ball game coming from you're A, from your local league where you might be the man. You might be battling in some league in West Virginia, and you're just crushing all the competition. And then you go, all right, let me go from West Virginia to the DMV. And then from the DMV league, maybe you're drafted up into the PGs. And then you might even look all right there. But then when they put you on them stages, dog, and you have to perform in front of the bright lights and the big crowds and even the medium to small crowds, you start to see that, oh, it's not as easy as it looks, dog. Yeah, no. I think this in itself probably deserves an entire series of collection because we will be doing this in we'll be doing this data injustice to try to summarize every single year in five minutes. But you're right, Vlad, like it's almost like You you have these talents, and at the time period, a lot of you and I remember because we were there. A lot of these guys were highly rated, and as time progressed, you're like, oh, they may have peaked early, or or they failed, and they've never really succeeded after a, a low turning point. You know, right? Now, with that being said, France, let's go back retroactively and look from year to year and see who were the top five guys once that graduating year happened once they made the league like he listen i'm done with my pg and now i'm going to these url cards let's go back and take a look at some of these drafts and see who was the mans in 2011 12 13 14 all the way on up player yeah i i I love this because Disclaimer, this is us obviously retroactively looking at the talent pool that's available of that draft year, of that PG class year, and saying, who are the top five most talented guys that come out of this? And, I mean, talented means you had all the potential in the world, too, and you were a bust. Like, we we, <laughs> we take that into consideration, <laughs> right? Because, like, there's plenty of guys that had really good expectations Maybe they live up to it. And there's a lot of guys that fell under the radar that at this current time are fire. Facts. All right, let's start with the, the dream the dream team, right? The dream class. Dream arguably team of PGs. Arguably the best PG class of all time. And it still has not to be topped, which is the first one. Um, is I'm there just gonna, an argument? 
I'm going to name all the guys in this class because it's a small class. Bill Collector, right. B-Magic, JC, John John the Don, M-City, Clean Paper, Rosenberg Raw, and Time Bomb. Mm. Now, this class, art, you know, between John John the Don, one of the greatest, or the greatest PG of all time, I should say. Let me correct myself. JC, uh, one of the best for the Midwest. B-Magic, one of the top three best punchers of all time. Bill Collector, one of the top performers of all time. You have four guys that like made their mark in history there. Then you can just toss it up between Rosenberg Raw, who's a workhorse, or QP, who had all the potential in the who world. Had, yeah, who had dope highlights over the years. I I remember this. This I remember 2011. We like QP's potential way more than Rosenberg Raw's potential. That's how I remember it. QP was the he was the man to be talked about after his two battles from that from that PG class. Raw was like, yo, this kid is dope, and he's definitely got a future, too. But I remember the ceiling was so high for QP. It was like, yo, this dude got the charisma. He's got punches. He's got performance. He's captivating. He's exciting. Who knows where this guy And he had that, that realism and that street talk that you need. And he was hella unique at the time, too. So his ceiling was through the roof. Is there a world where you would take Rosenberg? If you go back, you would take Rosenberg Raw over QP if you had to draft top five guys out this draft? Not at that time. At that time, I would have been like, if I was the GM, I'd be like, yo, I need me a, Q, a, a QP. You know what I'm saying? I need me a QP right there. Let's get this cat. Let's draft him. I'm not calling. I'm. You know what? Forget it. I don't even want to make that analogy. I don't even want to make that oh, analogy. Oh, I'm, I'm, do that I'm, yeah, I'm, I was gonna make I was gonna make an analogy about like a guy that's like you have to draft him at number one, and oh, like as man. as the season goes on, you're like, oh look, this guy was better. Like I don't care if he's better, I don't right, care. It's at I don't, the time you can't you can't go back. You know, right? So this is all the people I'm thinking about who were the most talented at the time that I I had to stand out. 2012, lad, another promising class that I feel like you know runs this course of 2011. A small class, I'll name it all. Big K, Cash Eaton, Chilla Jones, Danger Zone, Half Past Seven, Ill Will, Johnny Alcatraz, K Holla, Newborn, Super Rider, throwback, Tom Montana, and Vici. And who? Vici from Dot Mob. Oh, I thought you said Geechee. I was like, Vici, Vici. I remember him. Yeah, zip him up. Yeah, the Italian Bowl. So our top five guys, our top five talented. Feel free to dispute, by the way, Vlad. I, I, everybody knows this came to a conclusive vote between the staff of LTBR. Oh, sure. So if whatever we put out there at the end of the day was just like the final product of all of us bashing our heads together, but you you're on the air. You disagree? Oh, yeah, now nah, we we gonna get it, player. We gonna get it. 2012, Ill Will, Chilla Jones, Big K, Danger Zone, and Tom Montana were the top five picks from the 2012 PG class. Any disputes? I'm like, oh. all right. Who were the other guys outside of that? You, you had Cash Eaton, Half Past Seven, Johnny Alcatraz, Newborn. But I, I'm, I'm not really sure who I'll swap Tone Montana with. Yeah, that that was the only that was the only questionable pick. And I'm, I'm even thinking back to the time, I don't think I'd swap any of those guys out for him. You might have you might have been able to make a case for Newborn at the time because you're like, yo, Newborn's experience. Why is he at this level? But well, he was crazy. Was that Newborn already battled Calico and he battled Lux from before? So you're like, why is this guy even in the PGs at well, the time? So it it worked. It kind of worked out like bricks, right? Which we'll get to way later on in another draft. 
uh, closer mm-hmm. to 2018. Bricks was somebody that's like he's experienced with a resume. Why is he back at this level? So one right. part, one part of you says, well, he's experienced. He should be able to get through this. The other part is like, wait, if he's back here, that's a, that's concerning. Yeah, what's crazy, too, is that you think about Johnny Alcatraz, and I know everyone remembers his battle with Ill Will and him getting bodied. But before that, dude was actually, he was pretty dope, and he was someone that people were looking at like, yo, this kid's got a lot of promise. But when you get bodied in a PG battle, it's difficult to really vote you into the top five of that class. I concur, sir. I absolutely concur. 2013 PG class. I think personally, Vlad, this is the weakest PG class of all time. Mm. That's just my opinion. Mm. You know, mm. bold take. Um, this class consists of Adi Boom, D Gunna, D Money, Danny Myers, G E, High Double, J Rel, KG the Poet, Mr. Wavy, Piranha, Prez Mafia, Snow, Steams, Ty Law. That's crazy. Our top Some of five those names still yeah. around, but. Some of those names you don't even hear from anymore. Our top five from the 2013 PG class. Uh, Danny Myers, Mr. Wavy, Adi Boom, Ty Law, and Prez Mafia. Yeah, I think we got that about right. I think so, too. I mean, Snow was somebody that, that's worth saying, hmm, you know, because Snow and Ty Law put on that, that really dope PG battle. Right. But anytime you got a great white hope up in there, it's always like, hey, can he be the one to break through and be that white URL star? Is it going to happen? And then you get a bunch of your mother, your mother, your mother. And then I just remember Adi Boom being one of those guys. It's like, oh, he's unique. Right. Danny Myers is a a workhorse. And I'm not going to lie. At the time, Danny Myers didn't have that pizzazz yet. He battled John John out in Vegas. So it was kind of like, okay, well, we have a little bit of a radar on this guy. But he actually had to really earn his name like everybody else still. Even though he had all this experience battling in the streets for almost a decade before that. You know what's crazy, though? I felt like his most promising times definitely came post his PG run. Absolutely. You know? Like some guys had – it's crazy when you think about it cause some guys had – that flash while they were PGs and then afterwards it was like eh, so-so but after his PG run and then going around from KOTD and then all around the country and then back on the URL and uh, even on his UFF stand he had a little he had a rough patch there but Danny has managed to be one of those veteran soldiers who's like survived and actually made a name for himself out here in these streets and like yo man at this point in time he's a West Coast legend B Don't agree? Danny Myers is not I, a West Coast legend? I, I didn't say anything. I'm letting you just get your takeoff. I play it. Takeoff? What about this? The Migos, man? <laughs> Mama! <laughs> I'm looking forward to Danny Myers having his first platinum battle real soon for his career. 2014. Oh, let's get it. 2014 PG class. This is where it gets a little interesting because they, they, they stacked the deck here, right? They... Damn near doubled the last two years. They said, okay, we found some names. Now we're finding more youth, right? Mm-hmm. And our top five guys from the 2014 class are also the guys from UFF. T-Top, Briz Rothstein, The Saga, Chess, and Prep. But there are some other notable names that kind of got left off. Tink the Demons in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Mike is in this draft. You know, uh, Jim's was almost in this draft. He didn't graduate. Dot was in this draft. 
You know what's crazy? Dot! Thinking Dot! <laughs> what that mean? Determination over trust. When you're thinking about ceilings and who can survive in this game, I really like Tink the Demon over Prep. Because mm. I feel like Tink the Demon's style, delivery, and unique persona of being like, I don't know what he worships, what he's into, but we all know it's to the left. You know what I'm saying? And there's there, there's there's an audience for that horrorcore lyrical stuff also. I feel like Tink the Demon might be more sustainable than a prep at this time. You know, even though he's been gone for a minute, so, you know, we can't watch him battle, obviously, if he's in jail. But I feel like, you know, the chances that prep has gotten, if Tink the Demon was to continue on and continue to have gotten those chances, he probably still would have been around on that on that um circuit. I mean, he might be like kind of like where Mike P is right now. You know what I mean? Like someone who's definitely that you're going to acknowledge but doesn't always make all of the premiere, you know, stages that URL has all the time, but you know you can call on him and he's going to give you great quality material. So if I had to change anything, I probably would fight for Tink over Prep. Hmm. Uh, fair, fair case, but you know, there's a handful of names that you could swap out as well. Uh, Excel is a part of this draft. Yeah, I'm not swapping that out. I'm just throwing it out there, Vlad. Young X, young, young X is a part of this draft. <laughs> Get him. So, I, I mean, for me personally, Tink over Prep. Yeah, I like Tink more now, but I like Prep more then. It's funny. I think I like Tink more back then too, because obviously we're going for back then. We're not. We can't go for who has developed into the better artist, because then you know we can change this whole script or whatever. But even back then, I think I was into more of Tink stuff than Prep stuff. I think I got every a long banana. Well, <laughs> one thing I've noticed so far, we're four, we're four years in. Every single year, you have like maybe three, four locks of like, oh, these guys have to pop. Right, like Facts, these yeah. these three guys have to make it somewhere. Like even last year when we talked about 2013, like Prez, Adi, and Wavy were supposed to like make it. Mm-hmm. Adi had to sit down. Prez was Prez, and, and Wavy tried for some for a bit of time. Right. 20, 2014, we just named four guys that are that are probably top 10, 20 battlers to this day. In in top Briz Saga and Chess. Draft. Not a bad draft at all. Arguably one of the best as well, right next to 2011. Um, any any love for Dot? He was he was different. He was different, but I think I saw through everything with Dot. Like, you know, he's entertaining at the time. Might make you laugh, but I didn't think it was going to be. I didn't think he was going to be someone that was going to be one of those guys come down. You know, in the future years, like I, I never was oversold on Dot. I got a what Dot did have was he had he believed in his bars. No matter how good they were, how bad they were, he believed in it. Which, you know, you just wish that a lot of guys who have better writing ability would believe in their bars as much as he did. You know, that's what he definitely had. He had that conviction no matter what. Oh yeah, absolutely. Twenty fifteen, Vlad. Our top five picks from 2015. Av, Mike P, mm. Emerson Kennedy, Dre Dennis, and Jerry West. Let me get this out the way. Let me get this out the way. 
most underrated class of URL of all time. It's a strong class, man. These guys turned out to be damn good. And can I name some more people that came out this class? Let's go, champ. Shocks the Rebel was a part of this class. Oh, shout out to Shocks. Yeah, shout out to Shocks. Badafi Green. UK. Bangs. Yeah, yeah. Kelly Smooth. Yeah. Dialect. Yeah. Jonai. Yeah. yeah, this is a really underrated. Uh, our favorite. These are some really good. And when I say second circuit, I just want everyone to understand. Like second circuit just means non URL, but really dope leagues. And a lot of these guys made their names around a lot of these secondary leagues. Man, hey, our favorite dope guy. content, dope material. One of our favorite guys at LTBR, None None. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best comebacks in URL history, man. As much as as much as we it's love, look, as much as we love none, none, we could all admit he wasn't the top five talent at the time. Not so. at that time, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're not gonna retroactively be like, none, I was always on the none, 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 top five, top five. I was always on the none, none train. <laughs> hey, <laughs> fuck you, Jack boy. Yo. <laughs> Yo, but that's a that's a tough class though, man. Not mad at that. Really good class, really good class. I I, I love it personally. That's one of my favorites. Um, the twenty sixteen, Vlad. This actually has an argument to being one of the best classes as well. Like you know, twenty eleven, twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen. This is like a real. Dominant year for making history, making a big splash into the battle rap market, and this is where I felt like personally that the process fully changed. Like twenty between twenty eleven and twenty fourteen, it was all really about like, are you good, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen was like, do you have the format to be on URL? Because by that moment, URL already had. Five gnomes, five summer madnesses. They're already established, so there have to be a certain level of like delivery, a certain tone, a certain bit of content, the way you you compose yourself as a battler to make it to the stage. So by that moment, everybody says, "All right, well, copy paste." Right. Yeah, you got a lot of templates to pick from. Yeah, 2016, our top five guys, and it got controversial because there's a handful of names you can swap Ooh, it. Sure, did get controversial. New Jersey timeline going back and forth, boy. New Jersey twerk and Geechee Gotti is part of this draft. That's all you need to know. That's all. Chef Trez is part of this draft. Hello. Jack Boy and Rod is part of this draft. Mm-hmm. Snake Eyes is a part of this draft. Mm-hmm. Craig Lamar is a part of this draft. Mm-hmm. Fettuccini 20. Mm-hmm. Ishmula. Uh, drugs. Blue Easy. Reaperell. Stewie Newton. A lot of names. A lot of names, man. Uh, who else is a part of this? Is really stand out. Oh, one guy that was supposed to be a part of this that didn't make the cut, and it would have been very interesting. This is going to be the biggest sliding doors what if moment. Award was scheduled for a PG in 2016. He would have been a part of this draft. He easily would have been top five if you if you would have made that. If only, right? If only. Facts. Now, France, you had an interesting uh, back and forth on the timeline with Snake Eyes, and he was making his case that he should have been top five. And uh, would you like to tell the people how that uh, how that exchange went on the timeline, man? And had that uh, 
when I say argument, I just mean discussion. You know, everyone stayed respectful yeah, the, and debate. all that. Yeah, you can say debate. Yeah, respectful debate, you know. Okay, I'll say this. What, 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 was it, what was it like? First, I want to give a salute to, to Snake Eyes for being a part of such a deep talent pool because, you know, I, I, all these names I picked at the time period, you could go no wrong. Like, if you right. took all these names and jumbled it up at the time, like, you you were okay. Like, people weren't going to argue with your draft board at the time. Uh, Geechee Gotti's name wasn't even spelled correctly on flyers back in the day. How about that? <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, I think Snake just really wanted his recognition, letting it be known, like, hey, listen, this is probably the last draft that made noise because every other draft after that gets kind of weak with just, like, mm-hmm. one or two prominent names coming out of it. And this one was had such potential. So, obviously, somebody like Jack Boy, Ryder, Snake, Blue, Fetty, they're all talented MCs. They're all... They were all really good at the time period. Like they were, they were on schedule to be better than what they, I guess, were projecting to be. If that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like nobody expected prospects to be that good at this t- at that level. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like your rookie year, you're dropping 19 a game. It's like, oh shit! I thought you were gonna drop like eight or 10 a game. You're, you're dropping 19 as a rookie. Great. Let's see mm-hmm. if we can turn you into an all star. And that's what it really was with Snake Eyes, Jack Boy, Ryder, all these guys. Can we turn you guys into all stars? Um, for me personally, I looking back at it, right? You can easily say Geechee, Twerk, Chef Trez, they're locks. Like they're top three locks. You're, you're nice. not going. You're, you're not moving yeah, those. You're not, you're not getting those guys out of there. It's like this past draft, right? Zion, Ja, uh, RJ. That's it. These these top three guys are solidified. Going number one, two, and three. Can't nice. move it. Can't move it. Rada. I don't want to dismiss the fact that Ryder was supposed to almost be projected to be better than Torque at the time. Wow! You remember the I talks think... of how, you remember the talks of how like Ryder's PG was with, with Chef Trez? It's like, oh, yeah. Chef, Trez, Chef Trez is way more experienced. Chef Trez just battled Magic DNA. He's dominated bullpen. This is second time coming back to the PGs, but Ryder somehow looked way more seasoned and in control. After that Scorpion stance performance, like the talk was through the roof about Ryder. And, I at mean, that, at that point in time, the talk was crazy about Ryder. Look, uh, people will debate it. I, I'm just gonna go by consensus, and when I say consensus, I'm gonna say Twitter consensus. I'm gonna say YouTube comment consensus. I'm gonna l- list where I'm getting my consensus from. Snake Eyes and Ryder, uh, the people had a winner for that, and it wasn't Snake. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the battle was pretty good. Uh, as far as back and forth, the best back and forth that year was Ryder and Chef Trez. Facts. You know, that's just me. And and with Jack Boy, one thing for sure, whether you liked him or not, he was a breath of fresh air. Nobody was rapping. He had a distinct style. Nobody was rapping like Jack. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, uh, I bust him out. Marvel comes to the street, all those lights. Like, he made a moment in the PGs. Facts, facts. Glad difficult it, to do. A, a lot of the guys I named, right? Reaper, uh, Fetty, Glue, Jack. You know, w- would you pick all these guys over Snake as the fifth guy? Going back to that year, I might see. The thing with Snake is that his performances—he was against we at Black Mugger, and then uh, what's the other Philly guy who he battled? Uh, he was, he, yeah, he he dominated those guys. You know, he, he dominated those guys. So 
it's like you dominate two guys and you have a back and forth with Ryder where, you know, Ryder might have gotten the best of you. It still says something. If you're on that level, the the what you're supposed to do is dominate and show like, yo, I'm clearly better than the guys who I'm battling. It's time for me to move on. You know, because you can't pick and choose who you battle at that point. It's just like, yo, battle this guy, battle that guy. Got him out of there and got into a got into a tough fight with Ryder. So he he made his case. Yeah, I, I definitely think he made his case. Um, your top three, Twerk, Geechee, Tra- uh, Trez, they're not going anywhere. Is your fourth man all. Is your fourth man Ryder? If we're going at that year, yeah, at that year. So is your fifth your fifth man? Let me tell you the selection you have for your fifth man: Snake Eyes, Jack Boy, Glue Easy, Fettuccine Twenty. Where are you going, Vlad? Think it comes down to Snake and Jack. And for me personally, just the style of rap that I like and just what they were doing. At that point in time, I was more into Snake style, and I think I'm still more into Snake style. And, you know, this is only strictly for that year because we've seen how they've both developed since then, their ups, their downs. But for me personally, for the style of rap that I like and the content that they were delivering and how they were delivering it, at that point in time, I was into more of what Snake was doing than what Jack was doing. Hey, listen, I think there's no wrong answer personally. I hear you, player. Because Fetty was a machine. Mm-hmm. Fetty was an absolute machine, and I, I, I personally feel bad that he just doesn't get the looks he deserves because, he, as far as skill, he's there. Maybe performance, yeah, I mean, maybe performance, maybe presence. It's it's a little dull on the ear, but if you're talking skill and lyricism, he can bang with anybody. Right, and I mean, no matter what, man. If you're in the argument for the top five, man, then you did something right, and hopefully, you're still doing something right. You know, Dougie was a part of this class as well, and Dougie had a huge fan base. Yeah, then he battled Twerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well said. Close out that year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I do have a cool stat about 2016 that I'm. I'm going to double back when we do another pod about all all the years, breaking it down more in depth. But uh-huh. 2016 was the year with the most MCs that reached the main stage. Fire. So Fire. Let, let, let it be known, Snake, you know, flowers to you and your entire class because everybody, class. everybody was made to just break out here and be superstars, you know. And we got two. We we got two out this class, so I, you know you can't be mad at it. Yeah. Twenty twenty seventeen, Vlad. Uh, not as controversial, but a couple names felt slighted. Mm. Our top five picks for twenty seventeen: B Dot, who did a PG, R Streets, who was a hot commodity at the time, Mac Myron, who was also a hot commodity at the time, Franchise, and Fonz. Mm-hmm. Now, this, yes, sir. Yes, this, sir. this draft has a handful of real interesting names. You got Dre Vicious on this. You got the spot, the Kid Clutch. Holmesy's on this. Uh, Jade made her appearance here. A couple other names. Lady Flames. Lex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Mills. Cuban. Mac, uh, Mac Mel. You know, a handful of guys. Truth Watson. Young Grizz. Zigzag. Uh... A lot of guys here that you kind of you, you can make an argument for, you know, obviously. But uh, 
I just remember. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just remember this much about this year. Our streets was the talk of the town. Mac Myron was was the was the was a guy that's like, why isn't he getting more plates? And franchise was like, hey, I'm getting Tay Rock feel from franchise. Right. I mean, um, I can mix and match Dre Vicious somewhere in there just because I feel like he had a dope West Coast style and his delivery was just so damn believable. And, you know, I just felt like he was just fire. Um, Our streets, man, I can't say I was ever that big on him. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I can't say that I was at that time. Hey, listen, I'm I'm I'm, o- I'm I'm okay with preference, but Vlad, we can all admit our streets was that name. Yeah, he had a name. He had a name. He had a name. But I'm just saying, for me, you personally, see how easy it is. You see how easy it is to distract you, yeah. <laughs> y'all, with the boobs. That... No, I mean, but you know, the, this first, is why the first time he did it because the one with the boobs, he ran it back. When we do a consensus and we bust it down like that, so. You know, that's why we go back and forth, man, and try to figure this thing out. All right, cool. Still rolling over there? Yes, sir. Of course. Okay, you know okay. It, man. Okay, cool, cool. I thought we had some technical difficulties. But no, our nah, streets, man, look, I kept it going playing. Our Streets was a prominent name. Moon was also part of this draft, you know? Yeah. He had a good, he had a good battle. I, I, look, B Dye is head and shoulders above everybody here. Right. Yes, sir. So, like, that's solidified. You take beat out at number one. If you don't take beat out at number one, the GM's gonna fire you. <laughs> right. Fonz, I we always like Fonz. Fonz is just so technically sound and dope, man. Like, I'm not removing him from that class at all. Like, there's no one that's taking him out from that. Franchise spot for me stays there as well. Yeah, I think it's solidified. I think I think the only spot you could probably argue is R Streets, but R Streets had a really big buzz. He was supposed to be that guy. I argue all the time. I argue that they pushed him too fast, and that's why they lost him. Listen, man, everyone who they believe in, everyone who they believe that can become a star, they always push you right out the door, man, and see if you could do your thing. Yeah, I guess so, right? Because it's like. You put them against a certain, like, there's tiers of vets, right? There's certain vets mm-hmm. is like, all right, this vet is going to push your pen, but he's not performance heavy. This vet is performance heavy, but he doesn't have the lyricism. So you're going to find out what holes you can exploit against this vet and find out what works for you on the stage. When right. they put Archie's against Danger Zone, it, it was just kind of like, wait, wasn't this supposed to be on Survivor Series five weeks from now? Why are you pushing it up? Why are you forcing these guys to write faster than they have to? Danger Zone's more experienced in our streets. He can handle this pressure. Our streets probably can't. I mean, it was in his hometown. It's a big chance, and they're taking a big chance on you. Sir. I want to see. Can uh, you be one of those guys? Can you sell some ticks? Can you listen. Can you deliver? Can you perform in front of your hometown, in front of a big crowd? Yo, that crowd wasn't that small, man. That was, what, 700, 800 people up in there? I must remind all the listeners, Vlad, a, a very dark thing that we try to sweep under the rug. Uh-oh. You and I picked our shoes to beat Danger Zone. Yes, we did. We did. Listen, don't what get off. What was I smoking? I know we did. Don't get off the art. Listen, bro. Don't try to get off the R Street train now. We were I'm on the R Street. Oh, <laughs> we were. Know. We were. We were. We bought round trip passes for the R Street train. Round trip tickets, man. Ugh. Wow, boy, I looked crazy after that battle happened, man. 
You know, we had, became a meme, son. He never battled again. No, but didn't he come back one time? It was scheduled to. I don't know, but I didn't hear nothing about it. We would have known. <sighs> we would have known. That's the crazy. 2018 draft. Uh, another weak draft with like one MC that's head of shoulders above everybody. We had Loso, Don Marino, Bad News, Jada Nightwing, and Gunpowder Pat. Handful of uh, interesting names coming out of this. You had Benji Lowe, Briggs, Bubble Ford, Butter from the Block, Coffee Brown. Um, obviously, there's a lot more names than I'm naming. I'm just running through some. Uh, right. Gage. But you know what, friends? From the top five, though, that we have here, I feel like there's still... It's still a solid group of MCs who are quite unique, you know, to one another and to the rest of their class, who I still feel like... They still got room to become like a dope performer. Like Loso's clearly doing his thing. You know, we just saw him and B dot not him and B dot, him and A Ward versus B dot and Geechee. Fire. Doing some innovative stuff, crazy punches, all that. Um Don Marino's a workhorse. Does he have room to improve? Of course. Delivery can still be tightened up. Does have some good punches. We also have some punches where you're like, What are you doing, Don? Um Jay the Nightwing. <laughs> All the potential in the world, unique right. voice, unique characteristics from a whole. I mean, he's black and Pacific Asian. Like he looks different than everyone. Like he can be something, but when that pressure gets to him, he seems to fold at times. Which, hey, man, you're gonna have to get that together. The potential is still there to become someone, and I don't think the league has given up on him. Also, and I think my man Gunpowder. Is getting the shit end of the stick sometimes. He's from my borough of Brooklyn, and am I being slightly Brooklyn biased? Maybe, but honestly, the man is dope. When he had that battle versus um, what's my man's name? He went crazy down at that um, the the, the band Legacy joint. Gunpowder went ham. He had another battle. He had one slightly pause-worthy bar, and people did not want to forgive him for it. So I feel like he's been putting on dope performances his last couple of opportunities. But for some reason, it just seems like maybe the push isn't there. The support isn't there from the machine. I'd like to see what can happen if Gunpowder gets some more opportunities and the machine supports him. So I feel like there's some there's – some, and bad news – Yo, sometimes bad news looks really strong. Sometimes it looks like, dog, like, is this the same guy that I just saw battle? Like, he's kind of up and down with it. So I feel like this class is talented. They just haven't put it all together yet. Mm. Yeah, um, that's a good take, Vlad. Uh, I have nothing else to add to it, honestly. That's a really good take. There's a lot of um, notable names that came out of this draft as well. Squeako. Uh, Robin Rhymes, Trufo. Oh, yeah, I mean, give Gunpowder one of them volume app card battles or something, man. Like I, I really feel like. But but you know what we sleeping we, on him, man. We said this a long time ago when we first did our draft, and we were arguing, who do you take first, Don Marino or Gunpowder Pat? And it was a real mm-hmm. interesting debate we had. My problem with Gunpowder Pat being first was that his style is very detail oriented in this aspect of matchmaking where it's like only certain kind of styles can complement gunpowder pat 
where they can create good collaborative battles together. And his ceiling wasn't going to be so high. Like you, the people you compare Gunpowder Pat to were like Goods, like Tech Nine. You know what I'm saying? And those guys didn't battle frequently neither. So Gunpowder Pat, is, if he's in that lane as up and coming guy, he's not going to battle frequently. Like what? Yeah, but you what, still got to give him a chance. So I feel like what he did versus Your Honor, like he killed Your Honor, and he had a fire performance, and he had a viral moment in that battle. Also, we always talk about moments. Right, I hey, feel I, like he went I'm, crazy hey, in that battle. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just giving you the the, the breakdown. I feel you, big from, dog. From, I feel from, you, player. From the league's point of view, that's how I think they will look at it. But now it's like you know, Yana's making Bleacher reports. You know, he's recruited for Dot Mob, and it's kind of like there's this little resurgence going back, and people rooting for him all over again. Which is, hey man, which is dope. Like I want everybody to do their thing, but it's like let's. Let's keep focus here. Like, let's see. Yo, this dude is also doing crazy, and he demolished this cat. The other dude didn't even have two other rounds to go against him. And it's like, you know, got to give my man, got to give him a shot, man. All right, let's close this off with the last year, 2019. Let's 20, go, player. 2019. 20, <laughs> what year are you in, dog? <laughs> 2019. Straight from 2019. You in the RZA. So 2019, uh, the URLPG class, our top five picks from this class, you got to go with Zion, right? Ace Amin, you, you, you look crazy if you didn't pick him to go first. Um, Swamp is part of this class. We have Rusik in our top five. We have Truffaut, and we have Kid Chaos. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Vlad, any disputes in, in Ace? No, right? You can't you can't dispute it, right? There's yeah, especially no... if you if you're staying in that time bubble, no, you can't really dispute that. Yeah, the the promise for him was so high. I yeah, mean, the... I mean, obviously he still can live up to it. Great. A little yeah, bit of ter- a little he... bit a little bit of turbulence, but <laughs> turbulent city for sure, but Hey, Zion, Zion has some turbulence, too. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, well, it was called a knee injury. But once he got in the game, <laughs> he's been. what more can you ask from Zion, son? Once Zion got past that knee surgery and the 300 pounds that he's put on from eating beignets, he's still going ham every game. So can I make the same argument for for Ace that once he no, got pa- once he got no. past wait 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 once he got past his choking struggles he's producing did he get past it it was one battle it's one battle that he got past dog like we need to see two three four five six don't get me wrong he's got mad talent he's got a unique delivery and a it, sense it, of believa- believability that's through the roof but remember when chess was choking battle after battle after battle what did we say son's got to get it together then chess had an amazing 2019 and he was the man so one battle is not enough for me to say that he's pulled it all together once zion came into the game he ain't looked back he's just been doing damage like he's just been going crazy i feel like if you could retroactively change this, you will put Swamp or Real Sick above Ace. That's what you're trying. To, that's that's what your tone sounds like to me. I mean, if we if we're going by actual performance and not everything else that comes with what being a star is, then yes, you can. You feel me? But Ace Amin has certain intangibles, and there's nothing like being able to draw in an audience and keep people interested, and to have that dynamic. That, you know, some of the other guys just 
aren't putting in right now or just haven't managed to capture the folks right now. But if you're going skill for skill and being able to deliver your material, then yeah, of course you can make that argument. What do you think of Truefall and Kid Chaos? I've seen a lot of uh, rumblings. People said, uh, where, where's Jay Kruger? You know, where's Brooklyn Hands? Yeah, that's my only thing. I, I rock with Truefall for show. And, where's, um, where's, where's Dev the Demon? And Kid Chaos is... You know, everyone's like, he's the new JC, he's dope. Me, personally, I'm more of a Jay Kruger-type fan. You know, I feel like Kruger gets to the point, unique punches, and just has, like, he has kind of like this, I really don't care type delivery, but you know I'm serious about everything. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like, me, personally, I was arguing for Jay Kruger, but, you know, I got... I got out argued everybody. So Kruger, if you're listening, I was rooting for you, Playboy. But um but everyone up there though definitely is talented and definitely has created a buzz for themselves. Which is where I think, you know, some of the separation comes in. And you know, when you're picking from that year, it's the same thing with college basketball. Like certain people create buzzes for themselves during the March Madness draft and then it takes it makes their placement, you know, their draft selection higher than another guy. So I feel like if Kruger was out here a little bit more and just interacting with the folks more, just creating that demand more, then he might be, you know, it might have been more of a consensus that he would have been in the top five. But for me, he's definitely in that top five. A couple a couple names that also got argued for. Piranha. That was a name that people were kind of like, hey, what's Piranha? He was fire, yeah. He was uh, fire. Bankhead, which I was really shocked by. I'm like, oh, there's a couple oh, couple, oh. couple Bankhead fans here. Okay. I'm I'm not sure my draft board would have Bankhead going in the top. Yeah, top Neither five. did I, play it, but hey, you know. <laughs> I'm glad it was understood and got to be said. LL Coogee got a lot of, hey, where's he at? You know what? He's dope. He's dope. I can see the arguments for him. Yeah, there's a lot of names that. Uh, There's a lot of names you could argue for, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I, I, I but think you... with the with the with 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 Kick Chaos and Truefoe, I think you can argue some other guys in replacement of them. But at the same time, they've done enough to keep themselves in that top five. Also, you know, you... Truefoe's out here. He's he's out here crazy. Every time he gets a chance, he's putting on. He's performing, and he's creating that demand. And he's leading. The new Midwest movement. All of this plays a part in where you, you get picked at. You know what's special about this class, though, Vlad? That um, it seems like... All right, you remember when Jason Tatum's draft came into the game? And everybody yeah. was like, damn, all these guys are smart. Like, they kind of know how to behave. They know how to market. They know how to invest their money. <laughs> like, Right, yeah. Like, how do these kids get all this knowledge? And it's uh-huh. kind of just like they're absorbing all the resources in front of them. They're learning from the people that made mistakes before them. They're taking advantage and listening to the people that's ahead of them. And, and they're they're actively communicating with people that, you know, helps them broaden their horizons. Ace yeah, Amin, Ace Amin mm-hmm. it went on an interview spree. Swamp went on an interview spree. Real sick. He he, he just gets it. He went to a whole other country. He gets it. Kid Chaos and True Fall are the same way. They're active on social media. So these guys are like, you know what? I'm skilled as fuck. I'm talented as fuck. And I know when it comes to betting on myself, I will bet on myself any day. But it's beyond just what I do lyrically and in the stage. It's everything else around it. And they get that. Facts. I feel like these guys definitely are open to tutelage and also open to, you know, constructive criticism from guys who have been there before. Not just from their peers, but guys who are solidified in this game. And they're like, yo, you know what? I'm going to take this knowledge in because they're where I want to be. And, 
you know, as, aside from, I want to say, Ace with the Fuck the Vets movement, you know, everybody else is just kind of like, yo, you know what? Yeah, I'm here to learn. And I love the way Kid Chaos has been terrorizing JC every time he gets a chance to. You know, like, he's like, listen. You, I'm not you, just gonna th- you, you know there's nothing I love more than that. Right. And it's like, yo, he's putting it out there. And as long as he keeps on performing and people want to compare you to JC, then yeah, keep calling him out. Keep antagonizing this cat because once one time there's going to be a time where that battle is going to have to happen if you keep doing your thing. So, and it's not like he's just out there just trying to lure everyone in into a battle cuz sometimes that could just look like yo you're doing too much at this point in time, but he's got laser focus on the guy who they're comparing him to and he's creating his own storyline in a very smart way, I feel like. So, you, you I got to salute you, these cats. You know what really I love that you pointed that out, right? That he antagonizes JC every chance, every time he gets a chance. What makes his class special and a probably one of my favorite classes, I'm not going to say the best, but one of my favorite is the fact that, like, they're actively kind of building their journey as who they are as a battler. So right. they, they reach a certain goal, and it's like, oh, I remember when you were working towards that goal. Like, Ace now just disbanded from the Goonies, and so now we're extremely interested to see... If Ace takes the mogul route and like goes on like King of the Dow RBE, he climbs a URL ladder and gets a lot of these solid names. Swamp has already made it clear that T Top is like not the end goal, but it's a goal. Right. Yeah. Kid Chaos has made it clear that JC is a goal. Yep. You know. Uh Truefall has made it clear that I want to put the Midwest back on my back. Yep, yep. So and, these and guys are all creating their own narratives, man. Real real six, my, my favorite thing is like you always say, untapped market. Uh, untapped fan base, and more importantly, something doesn't get talked about. He's he has a high ceiling as a puncher. You could probably eventually pin this guy against somebody if he just keeps getting better and better. What I love is that he's battling in front of diverse crowds every time. He can go to a URL setting, kill it. He can go to I battle setting, kill it. KOTD setting, kill it. Go to Premier Battles, kill it in front of different crowds. So by the time you throw him in front of a big-ass crowd. It's like, yo, I can go anywhere and do my thing. And he's not compromising his style either. So he gets it, man. Dope style. Always has a dope delivery. Always remembers his content. Always delivers. So he just gets it, dog. Yeah, no. This entire class just gets it. And even some of the guys that got left off of this this year, right? 2019, uh, Saint uh, did a PGI on the West, right? Um, yeah, but they weren't dropping his battles though, so we can't. Granted, you know. but, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm not including him. But if he was a part, be a part of this class, oh not, yeah, 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 he's, he he's gets a, it too. Yeah, he, yeah, he get he absolutely. gets it. You know who else yes. is part of this class, Vlad Vixen, who did her PG yes. out out yeah, there she out in your too. She gets it. You know, Piranha, even though he fell back for a little bit, he gets it. Dev the yes. Demon, he gets it. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, uh, I, I can go on. There's a ton of names that they just understand what they have to kind of do as an artist. And yes, at that moment, it just becomes the, the supply and demand if people are requesting you that much. Rubando, uh, you know, Skates, a couple other guys. Yeah. Solid, solid class, man. Yeah, man, solid class. man. I'm looking forward to seeing what the 2019 class does for 2020 and 2021, man. It's going to be interesting. And now, you know. Listen, man, we're going to do another PG uh, Guide episode in the near future. We'll go through every year, probably give it a, a solid 15, 20 minutes and break it up to make it into a bunch of mini series. People yeah. want to people want to deep dive into it. And Vlad, overall, I want to do something very fun with you. What's up, player? 
I want to create an all-time PG draft. Ooh. All the eras, all the class, who you taking in the top five? Oh, man, we got to get the whole band together for that joint, man. That's yeah. Crazy. That one is going to be interesting because there are going to be so many people from so many different years that you group up. And I, I, I just have one question to ask. What's up? Is John John Dodonna lock for number one? I think he has to be. But for the sake of the episode, <laughs> for the sake of the suspense, is there a world? Is there a world where if you had to draft any of these guys number one, you could take T Top over, you take Twerk over him, over Geechee over him, take Listen, Chess over him? We're gonna have to wait and see until we drop that episode. Play it will. I, I'm I'm just throwing these names out. Are these names that are, are worthy of going over John number that, one? Better yet, that's for these degenerates who are listening right now to decide. Mm. And they're going to have to hit us up and let us know what they think. Mm. That's what I want to know. Who do you guys think? Who would you draft number one overall throughout all the years of the PGs? Hit us up, all right? You can email us at letstalkbattlerap at gmail.com or... If you're listening on Apple, leave us a comment while you're leaving us a five-star rating. If you're on Spotify, holler at your boys. Let us know. If you're following on Twitter at LTBR Podcast, drop a line. Let us know who you would uh, pick at number one. Or holler at me at Program V on Twitter and Instagram and let me know. Let the dogs know who you would pick number one all-time PGs, man. On that note, friends, I got like 2% left on my phone play, boy. Yo, this has been amazing, man. I can't wait till we do the the overall draft. It's going to get crazy. It's going to get spicy, man. So salute to everyone for tuning in. Until next time, peace.